Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Motivation can be so low this time of year, especially if you live in the north. We are on month four of snow up here in Minnesota, Wisconsin area, and there is no sign of it letting up anytime soon. Motivation isn't always rather weather related, of course. Sometimes we just plain don't feel like running, or we just don't have that same motivation and inspiration that we once had about the sport. Today, I am chatting with Coach Jason, who has been a runner himself for over 20 years. He also has over 12 years of experience coaching runners and teaching physical education. He knows the tips and tricks to keep people motivated. So I guess we'll kick off this podcast by asking, you know, a vulnerable question here. Uh, Jason, are you always motivated and how do you stay motivated after 20 years of running? That's a really good question. Um, my motivation definitely comes and goes in different ways. And sometimes I'm more motivated um, to, you know, stay in really good shape. And other times I'm motivated just to kind of run, just to maintain general fitness. So for me, I mean, motivation just comes in so many different facets. But it's definitely over the years, you know, as things come up in your life, you're going to go through periods where running sometimes takes a back seat, And I think that's perfectly fine and normal. Um, so what we'd like to discuss today is, you know, some strategies for, um, how you can still stay accountable for running um, when it's not your top priority. Yeah, I think, you know, when you get to the, you know, 20-year mark, <laughs> there's a lot that you've kind of been through with your running experience. But um, for those listening and who don't know, I met Jason when I was only maybe like three or five years into my, you know, running journey. And I think a lot of people listening, maybe you are three to five years in and you're really just into it. Like, I mean, it's the peak, like everything is super exciting. I mean, maybe you're having times where like you're not as motivated, but like everything's exciting. You're still probably PRing, no problem. You're not hitting like really big plateaus. You're not like reaching the law of diminishing returns quite yet. Um, but Jason had been running for already, you know, over 10 years. And it was funny to hear him sometimes say like, he didn't feel like running because to me, I'm like, well, I always like want to run or I always, I was super excited all the time about the sport, but like he wasn't. So when did you first start to not feel like as excited about running or was it like a gradual thing or when was the first time you were just like, whoa, this is kind of a drag and like, I'm going to have to actually work and stay dedicated and committed to training. Um, and it's not going to feel as exciting as it used to be like when did it switch for you yeah for me I mean as Victoria said I've been running my whole life and I had I was part of a team in high school and college so it was really easy to stay um, motivated because you'd show up to practice every day and you'd have people around you to run with so I would say when I started to kind of lose that motivation was probably a year or two after college Um, you know I tried to maintain my fitness I tried to move up in distances and try some longer stuff for a while like the half marathon and marathon Um, 
and I was pretty motivated for a while. And then it, I got to a point where I started really just focusing on, you know, my professional life, my career, my personal life. And running just sort of, it took a, a backseat. I never really gave up on it. I never really took more than probably a month off at a time. And that was only in the winter time. But I'd, I would just kind of run when I feel like it. So I'd maybe just go out for like three to four miles here and there, or maybe run three to four days a week. So, um, you know, I would say, yeah, definitely probably my early 20s that's kind of when I started to not you know not run consistently you know probably 30 plus miles a week some weeks might have been 10 miles some weeks might have been like 25 it just really depended yeah no I think it's good for people to hear this and it's maybe it's like kind of a Debbie Downer or but I think it's just like the realistic behind the scenes because sometimes you know you see people who I would consider Jason fast I think you know most people listening would consider Jason fast um you know, running consistently at your, what, 33 now, you're still running in the 16 minutes for a 5k. Um, I, it's, it's interesting to hear that people who are so fast and so accomplished in the sport can have like such low motivation, like, or feel like not feel that super inspired, like fiery feeling like get out the door. Um, but it's really funny because, you know, actually being at the level that you are at, it's like, it's almost, opposite like it's almost easier for you because you're already at such a high level that oh well I don't have to work as hard and I can still be like okay at it right I mean so I feel like even fast people maybe even more so struggle with motivation what do you think yeah I mean I I think it really depends I've gotten to a point where I realized like I'm probably never gonna run super fast in the shorter races just because I I don't have everything, all those resources that I had available to me when I was in college. You know, you have your track, you have your coach, you have your teammates pushing you in every single workout. You have your regular races and competitions that were pretty much every weekend. And so you're getting a good level of competition. And, and now it's different. You know, you're running more for fun. You're running longer races. You're mixing it up. You're, you might go a month or two in between races. And so, um, you know, like Victoria said, I can still put together a pretty decent maybe season and run an okay time, but come comparing that back to my PRs, um, it's, it's really not even that close. Um, if I, I know that if I really committed myself and I wanted to put in that time and effort, I could probably come close again for some distances, like maybe the 5k. Um, you know, I could certainly do that in a half marathon or marathon, but for me, you need, you know, I need kind of a string of good luck in in terms of staying healthy. And that's one thing I've struggled with over the years, but, um, but also just making it my top priority. You know, as I mentioned, family's going to be first and, and work is obviously right there. So running is a lot of times my third priority. And um, now that I'm in a coaching, I really take more pride in helping other people kind of reach their top potential. And I'm content with kind of what I've achieved at, at this point. Um, but, you know, as, as I look forward to each season, I, I always kind of think about what I want to accomplish this year. And so I'll talk a little bit about this later, but I, I, you know, I've set some goals for this year and I, I pretty much do every year. And for the most part, it's, I've been fairly successful at kind of reaching those goals because they're, you know, they're realistic and attainable for where I'm at. Right. Yeah. And I think it's good to point out that you can have other motivation and other goals. It doesn't necessarily have to be to have a PR or to like run your fastest time. Um, and I think, you know, even for me personally, I've been running about a decade now, right? Like competitively. And I think, you know, in the last couple of years, it just kind of like slowly turned into, okay, I can't have my whole motivation be on, you know, running, you know, a PR. And, you know, some people listening, even if they haven't been running that long, maybe they just can't have that be their goal because 
like Jason, like he said all of his PRs back, you know, 10 years ago. And it, it might be not realistic to like use that as a motivational compass. Because um, I mean, if you went out and you would only be satisfied with, oh, I have to PR, like it's just not, it's not enough to get you out the door because you know that it's so far away that it's, it's almost like not fair to do to yourself. And I think even for me, like coming back from childbirth, it was the same thing. Like in the first three months, like I, I did like a time trial and I couldn't even run, I couldn't even run my old easy pace for two miles fast. Um, so it can just be really hard and you have to be conscious not to compare to like the wrong, the wrong milestones, um, going easy on yourself and just making sure you're being kind to yourself with the motivation and not having too high of expectations. Um, but it's great to hear that you do help other people with the coaching and I'm sure you have a lot of experience helping people reach their goals and working with people who have a variety of different, you know, motivations and things that inspire them to get out the door. Um, what are some things that you find that make people maybe become less motivated or are there just, do you think it's like an intrinsic thing? Cause I know you have some athletes who, um, like even at the college level, it's like they go home for winter break. You tell them like kind of what to run the mileage and all that stuff. And, and some of them will do it, you know, to a T and other people it's like, they won't run at all. Um, what do you think is the different diff differentiator there? Yeah, I think. It, there's so many factors for each individual athlete. Um, you know, some, I think a lot of it is intrinsic though. Like which, who likes to run alone, right? Some, sometimes we have these college kids um, who they're, you know, they come to practice every day and they get that camaraderie. So it's kind of easy for them to get their workouts in. But at home, you know, unless they're really intrinsically motivated, they might look for reasons or excuses of why they shouldn't run or other things that they should do ahead of running. And so, I think you you know coming back from winter break I, it was it was so easy to tell who had ran but also I could predict going into winter break who was going to run just because I know which one of my athletes are more intrinsically motivated and who you know who really enjoy running and who have a, a, a love for the sport and sometimes other kids they're you know they they want to PR and they like how it feels when they have a good race but they're really not willing to just dig deep and to put in that extra time and make it you know, one of their highest priorities. Um, and as a student, you know, a lot of times you're focused on school and you're focused on maybe working um, and then spending time with your family because you're away from them so much during the school year. So I get it. But, um, you know, luckily for me, the athletes, the adult athletes I'm coaching through Run for PRs, most of them are, are pretty motivated. So we don't worry too much about like that psychology piece, but it's definitely going to be more important for, for college kids who, um, you know, maybe time spending time away from their teammates and then they they lack that that motivation during those times but also um i think comparing comparing you where you're at comparing um putting a lot of pressure on yourself i think that can also make kids feel like well i'm just not as good as them anyway so i might as well just not do the work so i think that it really just depends on kind of their how secure they are with themselves as a runner too yeah, I think some people don't really struggle with this at all. Um, you know, even if you've been running for 30 years, there's some people that's like, they'll just get out the door, they're just going to do it. They don't really have a motivation problem because what it all boils down to, I think at the end of the day, it's not really about, you know, like the warm and fuzzy motivation thing that you're thinking. I think it just comes down to either like a routine, a habit, um, like, you know, the run streak people, we were talking about that yesterday. Um, we had like all the coaches kind of meet up and we were eating lunch. And one of the other coaches also had a run streak. I had one for like 550 days. He had one for 
365 days. And we were like talking about how it becomes really, really hard to stop like once it becomes a part of your life. Um, So I think there's even athletes on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like they have not too much motivation, but it's like too ingrained in their routine where like they can't stop. And I mean, that's that's a it's not like a problem by any means, but, you know, it just it goes to show you like how powerful a routine is and sticking with it. I mean, for my motivation personally, um, I yeah, it's all about the routine. If I didn't have like a routine and what I if I didn't run at the same time every day and like just follow the same thing, like it just it wouldn't work for me. Um, I, it, it's really hard when I don't have like a consistent routine to find the motivation. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's all about prioritizing and sometimes it just, it's not a priority for people or they don't, maybe they don't like see the, the benefits or it's, it's or almost they, like they a also, delayed yeah. gratification thing. The younger you are too, you think sometimes you can get by <laughs> off your talent and you don't really realize how by not putting in the work, it's going to really affect you. So I think even adults struggle with that, though. I mean, I've coached so many people over the years where, you know, the intention is there and it's it's always like the intention is always there. But when it comes down to like doing the work, sometimes like the the motivation just isn't or like it's just not a priority for some people or they want it to be and it doesn't turn into one. Um, I'm not really sure. What are some things like why are there some seasons in your life where you have put running completely you know, like on the back burner and other seasons where it's not like, I mean, do you struggle with motivation personally or cause I know like you've taken more, a lot more time off than I have. I think it depends on what else is going on in my life. Like if, if I, my mind is primarily focused on like work or, you know, family, um, you know, I might just, it may not be a priority. And if I don't see myself doing a certain race here in the near future, I just may not be that motivated to run. I'll run minimally just when I just, when I can so that I feel okay and I don't lose a ton of fitness. But, um, you know, I'm at a point now where I think things are pretty, we have a good routine and I, I'm finding that, you know, I, there's really no excuse anymore. I should be able to get out and give myself 30 minutes most days at least, um, just to squeeze in a run. So, um, I think for me, following a plan is one thing that I've tried to do recently. And that's really helped me with kind of a comeback to being more accountable. Um, but yeah, I know some people, they have the plan and they, sometimes they don't follow it. And so for them, I think it's more about figuring out, you know, how to, how to fit that in their day and make it part of their, their daily routine and their habit. And so that's, that can be a challenge for sure. Um, and maybe we're trying to do too much. So maybe then we need to just dial it back and maybe run a few days less per week. So it's really, you know, I think for people, they just need to understand you're going to go through phases in your life where running is more of a priority. Um, than it than it may be during other times so it just depends on so many other factors but i think as long as you can stay somewhat consistent with it over time that's going to help you yeah and i mean a lot can be said for jason like kind of losing his motivation or like quote-unquote motivation um you know like in his early 20s when he was getting more serious into his career and i know i think like when you were going back to grad school like that definitely played a role Mm -hmm. um and so I am always on the boat of like, you can always make time for your running, like if it's a priority for you. But I think for some people, like their life situation doesn't allow it to be, or maybe they just, for whatever reason, like they're unhappy kind of with what their current life situation is. And like, they just don't have enough energy mentally to like make time for themselves. Um, And I think that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. I, I see it happen a lot where, 
some people I've worked with in the past or even just like college athletes, like friends, like people I know in the running community, um, they're really into the running and then something like some sort of life event happens or they're in a job that they don't like or it's they think that their job is requiring them to, to work a lot harder or they just feel kind of stuck in whatever situation they're in um, and they don't make that time for themselves and they kind of get caught up in that routine of, well, I don't have time. Um, and, and I think it just, it, and then it affects all aspects of their life. I mean, I've seen people go from running 60 miles a week to just like not running at all. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, figuring out like your priorities and what works for your schedule. I'm all about, it, is, it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing approach. You know, I'd rather see, you know, someone who was running 60 miles a week cut down to 10 miles a week rather than give it up completely because there's there might be like other things going on and it's better to do something than to do nothing right yeah i definitely think um you know when you have a full plate let's say you're in school you're working full time you know whatever else you have going on a lot of times you when you think about trying to squeeze a run in you're gonna have to sacrifice something with and then that comes down to maybe your sleep and for me i know sleep's always such an important thing because i want to make sure i have physical and mental energy so it's kind of like, well, do I want to do this run or would I rather try to wind down and go to bed? Or do I want to wake up at 4.30 and run or do I want to try to sleep in until, you know, quarter to six? And, and then that way when I wake up, I'm at least hopefully not dead tired middle of the day. So I think um, finding the balance and, and maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe you are waking up once or twice during the week and then maybe you're doing some night runs or whatever. And, or maybe it's just running three days a week during the week when you work working and then you try to run on the weekends to make it four or five days a week so i think just being really creative and open to how you can balance everything um is is going to be a good way for you to try to run more so yeah i think a big part of it comes down to like committing to yourself also so like not giving up on yourself even if you know work is super stressful and like your boss is like you know you have all these projects or you have a lot on your plate and like i know life can get super busy like been there done that you know it, it and it it happens like life goes through seasons and I think the biggest thing with running is like consistency consistency and if you can just stay consistent you know let's say you have a really busy week I guarantee you you can still make time to like run you know three times within that week 30 minutes like if you just squeeze it in somehow you know the weekend there's always time on the weekend um you can make time you know maybe that's waking up 30 minutes earlier maybe it's 45 minutes earlier maybe it's taking a lunch break run you know like there are ways to fit it in it might not be the way that you want to do it it might not be the ideal way but i think just being honest with yourself and in finding the time to do it and then that consistency can like trickle. Cause I think the biggest thing that I've witnessed with Jason um, is like if he gets off track for a week or if life gets busy for a week and he like misses a week or like five days or three days or two days, whatever it is, it can all of a sudden just like trickle. It's just like, oh, well, I missed a whole, well, well, I'm just gonna like, you know. And I've seen it happen with athletes and stuff before too, because one day turns into two, two days turns into three. And I think the biggest thing is like not breaking the promise to yourself when you say like, this is what I have scheduled for the week. Um, but not taking that out of context also. I mean, like things happen, people get sick. You, you sometimes have to miss a run. But I think that the biggest thing is don't skip a beat after that. Like if you had to stay late at work, if your kid's sick, whatever, the next day, like try to just start fresh and don't let that one thing that happened one day, one week ruin like your entire running career. Because I really think honestly that happens to people. It's like they have one hard week, one hard month, 
And it just, it, like, they just give up completely. And I think the biggest thing is just the resilience of getting back out there. And, you know, no one's perfect. No one's training is going to be perfect. Jason's take taken weeks, months off at a time. But, like, you can always start back. And don't be ashamed of, like, where your starting point is. I mean, think of how many times you've started back. I mean, you've, what's, like, what is one of the first races you've came back where you were, like, at least five minutes off a of PR, right? I mean, like, or four minutes, like, oh. in a 5K? Because mm. I can think of, like, so many races where I was signed up for the 5K, I signed Jason up, <clears throat> and these are 5Ks, and, you know, he, he was, like, a 1530 is his PR, 1528, 29, and he'll go out, and, yeah, it's still a fast time. He runs, like, 1930, but, like, that's four minutes slower than what he couldn't run when he's in shape, and I think... For a lot of people, and that's just a 5K, you know, like he wouldn't even physically be able to finish a half marathon or a marathon, right? So I think just just putting it in perspective and knowing that everyone has times where they take time off, come back, and kind of start from like a starting point, maybe not ground zero, um, because no one can be perfect. No one has perfect training all the time and setting small goals for yourself along the way. So Jason, when you do come back into the sport or when you're done taking time off um like what are some of the things that you do to like help you stay motivated yeah so first i'll i'll pick a race and i'll sign up for something um sort of set a realistic goal for you know let's say it's eight weeks from now i'm gonna pick a time that i think i should be able to run in eight weeks i'm not gonna pick a time that i could run now and i'm not gonna pick a time that i could have ran three years ago when i was more fit so it's gonna be realistic somewhat challenging so that i can kind of you know from week to week slowly build towards that goal um and then I'm really just going to make sure I'm slowing down on my easy days so I'm not feeling like burnt out. I'm going to make sure my workouts are spaced out evenly and that they're attainable so that I can complete the workouts and kind of gain confidence from that and start to generate more momentum for more exciting training. And so that's kind of what I do when I'm trying to come back is I'll usually pick a race that, that Victoria's going to do or, or um, that I have friends going to just so that it's kind of a social outing too and I feel like accountable to you know, having to show up and do the race and then I make sure that I'm training accordingly. Right. Yeah. So I think it's important to note there, like picking the time goal and having something realistic, which I think is something that he struggled with kind of the first couple of years that he wasn't like in peak shape. Um, it was like, you always want to strive to kind of be at that like peak level that you were once at. And if you're not there, um, you still kind of want to set the goal there, even though maybe the fitness isn't there. But I think that was like a big like negative downside for him because I watched him do that sometimes. And it was like, you know, he'd be 45 seconds off or a minute off of where he th- like wanted to be. And it can just be like a motivational killer because mm-hmm. you go out there, you're like, yeah, you're like trying to force fitness. And when it's not there, it can hurt your motivation. So I always like to think like, you know, set goals of like maybe even a little bit below your level. That way you're like excited when you cross the finish line and it's faster. Um, There's definitely no shame in maybe not being in your peak fitness at all times. You know, like we always talk about it's easier to get back into shape than it is to get in shape in the first place. Um, He has a friend that he went to high school with who he was competitive running until like 2015. Then he just decided to stop for three years straight, like didn't run at all, literally didn't run at all. It was like a 235 marathoner and he just stopped um he dnf'd in a race and then just never ran again for three years <laughs> and then he came back onto the running scene and we were like okay like what that's kind of what is he gonna run and he goes out and he's like clipping faster times than he ever has before 
and he ended up running like 223 at CIM this year. So, I mean, he's, he's taken, you know, 15 or 12 minutes off his marathon time and reached a totally new level, but he took three years off and he did all of this within two years with two years of training. So it's like, he's in a better spot now having take three years off and only been training for two years than maybe he even would be if he just consistently, you know, tried to, to muscle through for the full five years. So I think the biggest thing there is you can get in better shape. Um, it, it, taking three years off isn't going to like affect you forever, you know, or even taking like two months off your first run back is going to feel really hard or like the first two months back might be really hard, but maybe in a year from then you're going to be at a whole new level. So don't like judge things based on how they are the first couple of weeks or months, because running is one of those things where it's like a compounding effect and you're not going to see the gains, realize the gains right away for the most part, especially if you're an experienced runner, it's all about the consistency and the time. So just like giving yourself a full six to 12 months to commit to a training block. Don't ever judge your progress based on like one single run or one month of training. You have to give yourself consistency. Um, So I wouldn't place motivation on any of those things. Um, But like Jason said, I think getting a race on the calendar is definitely helpful. Um, But setting realistic goals. I know there's some people like your friend Matt, who we were just talking about the 223 marathoner, he doesn't like to race unless he's like in peak shape. So if someone doesn't want to race unless they're going after a PR, which I kind of get, I'm a little bit like that also. Um, what are some ways that they can stay motivated to train and like just improve so that they can get into that peak shape again? Yeah, I think following a plan so that they're getting workouts on the calendar and then they can kind of check their progress from how they're doing in their workouts. And and then also just um, I think running with a group or finding a friend to run with consistently. That way you you know, you know have that social time and you're, you're accountable to meeting up with them. Um, and then choosing some new routes. I think for me that, that gets me excited when I get to run something new um, and even a different style of workout too. Um, so maybe discovering a new area maybe changing something in your training that you haven't really done in a long time, like starting to incorporate hill work or more, maybe longer tempo work. Let's say you used to just do a bunch of shorter, faster interval work. And so changing it, I think can help kind of re-spark and reignite that interest for running. Um, and then for me, it's just really about not thinking about the past, you know, forgetting about what my PRs are, forgetting about what I did a year or two ago, um, unless it's going to actually help me, uh, motivate me to, you know, to get on the right track, then I'll, then I'll remind myself. But for the most part, I'm not going to worry too much about what I used to do or how fit I used to be. I'm going to focus on the small things I can do day in and day out that is going to get me to the, you know, my goals for, for the future. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. I'm not looking at what you did in the past or looking at past workouts. I think that's always kind of like a negative thing. I don't, I don't really see like any sort of benefit of looking backwards for the most part um because you can often look back at the past through like rose colored lenses where you see things and you think oh it used to be so easy for me back then or oh like remember back then or like before kids when I used to be able to run you know 70 miles a week and wow like I could never do that now and sometimes we just have like these ways of thinking and we don't even know like how we actually felt back then you know if I look back at a run from 2014 I have no idea how I felt on that run like I have absolutely no idea um and then I look at it and I think wow like looks like I was in really good shape um but it's not telling the full story and so even just looking back at like how many miles you ran in a certain year I I can look back 2014 2015 2016 I ran like 3,000 miles those years 
Um, they were not my fastest years by any means. I mean, some of the years I ran my fastest times were in the last year or two, and I barely even hit 2,000 miles. And so you can't compare training like that because it's not indicative of the fitness you're in. It's not indicative of kind of what your future is going to look like necessarily. Um, so don't, don't focus too much on the past. Start a new plate. And then comparing workouts, you know, like three weeks in the past, right? Or like a month in the past. Right. I think that's okay. Like within a training block, it's good to do. But when you start looking back at like the peak workout you did in a marathon training build like four years ago, it's like, I don't know if that's as relevant um, for training. Uh, but again, I like how you talked about finding a group run or like finding a new route. Um, those are always that can help you stay motivated. Um, some people I know like to listen to music or, you know, download podcasts. What are some other things that you do that are things that people could do if they're just like not feeling their run? What are some things you, you do to get Yeah, inspired? I think mix it up. I've done, I've gone through a lot of podcasts where I've listened to on the runs. I've watched Netflix on an iPad if I'm running on the treadmill. Um, I'll take my dog for a run. You know, like just figure out a way if I'm lacking motivation to get me to think well you should really do this because you're gonna you're gonna feel good about it afterwards and that's what that's kind of where I go back to thinking is well how are you gonna feel an hour or two hours from now if you do this run and then that's usually enough to if if I'm teetering between whether I should run or not that's usually enough to kind of tip me over the edge and say okay just lace them up and go so I think it's always about you know you're never gonna regret going for a run but you may regret not going for a run so that's kind of how I think about it yeah, I guess another question to ask, because I get asked this a lot, like, how do I handle going on the treadmill? Like, how, how do I handle, don't I ever get bored? What do I think about when I'm running? Is running for you ever boring? I mean, yeah, all the time. <laughs> when I go out and I'm, especially if I'm kind of doing the same old route from my house that I've done so many times, it's uh, it can be really boring. And so I'll just, I'll try to think about something that gets me excited or just something that's going to take my mind off the monotonous, um, you know, the monotony of having to just run alone and no one to talk to. And so, um, or I might start thinking about a workout that I have coming up or the next race or um, some sort of, some sort of pacing plan, or I'll do math in my head, just something that kind of helps break up the run and gives me something to focus on rather than um, the negative thoughts of boredom. Yeah, I definitely think running is boring. You know, it can be like, why am I doing this? I could be doing a million other things right now. I mean, you get those thoughts all the time when you're running or you're a runner, especially for me on the easy days. I think that's why a lot of runners struggle with slowing down on their easy days because it's super boring. Like, I mean, it's, it is. And you, you start, your mind starts to wander and especially the beginning, the first, you know, 30 minutes of a run, you're like, what am I doing out here? This is boring. It's lonely. I mean, it, it, you get the thoughts. I, I'm really good at like trying to push them out of my head, but that doesn't mean like I'm immune from them. You know, like every single day when I run easy, I, I feel just, I get a thought where it's like, yeah, this is boring. And I think, you know, it's, it's okay to admit that and let people know that's how it kind of is sometimes. Like you just, if you have running goals and you want to, you know, have a a certain lifestyle and have, you know, good fitness and health. Sometimes that means doing things that aren't always fun. Like running's not always fun. Neither is, you know, working. Working's not always fun, but you still get up and go to work every day, you know. 
I think, you know, sometimes people think running's all is like sunshine and rainbows. And there definitely are those moments, but it's not always fun. I mean, it's the same that goes for anything in life. There's nothing in life that's like always fun, you know, like being a homeowner, not always fun. Like being a parent, not always fun. Like being married, not always fun, right? Like um, we kind of get into the culture of like, oh, it's it's supposed to be so nice and fun. And you see all the highlight reels on social media and people posting like, oh, my eight mile run, you know, easy. It's like right. sometimes those are the hardest runs, those easy runs. It's like, gosh, you're out there for so long. And I think some people when they don't have like a running community or people who are open about this stuff, it can be hard because then they think like they're failing. They're like, well, why am I feeling like it's boring? Why do I feel like I'm not enjoying it? Um, I think sometimes people overthink it because it's not like always enjoyable. Life isn't always enjoyable. Running is not always super enjoyable. Um, but it's, it's the consistency of showing up that's like super rewarding. And I think the same can be true for anything like in business, in, in your career, like the parts of those things, or even in marriage, like with kids, the parts of it that are rewarding is that you do it through the hard times and you consistently show up for the good and the bad. And then at the end of the day, like when you accomplish something, you know, a goal that you set for yourself, like after years and years of like doing all of the hard stuff, that's when you can really feel like, oh, all of this was worth it. Or like, I feel rewarded or you feel like, confident in what you've accomplished as a runner Um, whereas I mean it would be easy to give up right like it would be so easy to just oh it's it's hard it's boring and give up but the thing that keeps me going is like I know once you do accomplish a goal it can just be it's just a really like it's a rewarding thing it's a very delayed gratification and I think that's maybe what caused you to continue running is because you did experience like so many long-term rewards with running at a young age and that you think even though you might never PR again you're never going to run a 414 mile ever again but you can still chase that like maybe if I just consistently work at something for a year I can be really proud of like finishing a marathon or just running a half marathon even if it's not my best it's like something you created and like you're proud of it yeah you're the only one that can kind of set that expectation um, of what's measurable, what's a measurable goal for you. And, um, you know, when you're lacking the kind of those positive thoughts on a day-to-day basis, like if, if you're just kind of negative and you're, you're bored on your run or you want to cut it short or you're debating on whether or not you should even go run, I always just try to flip it into a positive and think about, like, why am I doing this? How am I going to feel after? Um, kind of thinking about that delayed gratification, like Victoria said, like, how am I going to feel at the end of May when I run that 5K time if I meet my goal? Um, and, or sometimes I think about how am I going to feel if I don't meet my goal? And then that's enough to get me motivated. And so just being just being really always kind of thinking about um, the glass half full, like what can I do to flip this into a positive, whatever that negative thought is. That's kind of what I try to do to get me out the door or to get me through the workout. Yeah, I like how you said you kind of always have that goal in mind and you always think what's going to happen like if I don't do this run. So I do that all the time, like projecting myself. So like today on my run, I'm on the treadmill. It's winter. You know, I'm trying to get seven miles in, right? Like, and all I can think of is like, what's the point? Like, what is this going to do? You know, like I just had like a lot of those thoughts today. Like I was like, what's the point? Another seven mile run. Like you've done this a bazillion times. Just call it a day. So then what I do instead is like I project myself like, 
six months in the future. Like, yeah, I don't have to run anymore. Like, and then I say that, say that to myself, like, yeah, get off the treadmill. You don't have to run. Just never do it again. Like, just never do it again then, right? Like, if that's what what you want, like, if that's what my brain is telling me to do. And then I say, okay, well, then what will my life look like, you know, in six to 12 months if I, I just listen to this voice and never ran again? Um... And I'm like, I wouldn't like the person that I am. Like, I've been there. Like, I know what that's like. Um, You know, like, I've been overweight. Like, I've been told by doctors, like, your blood pressure's too high. Like, I've been really uncomfortable. I've had a bad diet before where, like, I'm constantly, like, just not feeling good and, like, always getting sick and all of those things. And I don't want to, like, have a life like that. So then I'd say, okay, I would rather spend, you know... 30 minutes every day of my brain saying like, don't do this, don't do this and, and feel good for a lifetime. Then, you know, listen to my thoughts one time, never run again. And then start to feel like crap within six months of my life. And then question like why I ever gave it up. So you have to fight like these mental demons every day in order to like feel the rewards of running, um, and like get those benefits but, you know, if you listen to it one time, it can it can really cause a lot of pain for the rest of your life. Um, but I think that's that's the biggest <laughs> the biggest thing there. So some some tough love for people who are listening. But I, I think it like puts things into perspective in terms of like it's not always fun. And so it just takes like a level of dedication and prioritization of your health. Because, um, I mean, even for you, like you've gone through seasons where like you weren't really running like. And what made you, like, did you start to feel like crap and you just wanted to feel better about yourself? Or, like, what was the motivating factor that, like, got you back into training more yeah. consistently? I think it was, I, I just started to feel not so great about myself. Like, a mentally, mentally, my energy level, but also physically. Just noticing how, you know, sometimes when, when I'm, well, when I'm running more, I'm trying to eat healthier, too. So that goes hand in hand because I want to feel better and I want to make sure I'm fueling and replenishing after workouts. So... I think it's a trickle down effect. And, you know, luckily for me, I don't think I've really ever taken more than probably two or three weeks off um, in a row unless I was injured. That was the only time where I really took like a month or almost two months off. I remember once after a marathon, didn't run from basically the end of October till the start of the year. But other than that, it's, it's only been just, I tried to really limit the time I'm taking off. And I tried to then start back running just a couple days a week, just so that I'm keep start generating some momentum again right and I think what's important for people listening to also understand is that like yeah Jason's only taking like you know a month off at a time but consistently like his mileage I think that's a key like sometimes people they go out they're like I have to run like a ton like it's like an all-or-nothing approach but for Jason like sometimes it's just like okay I'm gonna run three three times this week three or four miles and that's just enough to be you know consistent and I it's, it's better to do that than just like throw in the towel do nothing for like a year because it's just the whole thing just seems like too much um and I think just finding what that balance is and like what fits in with your life and what is like the mileage that's not draining you you know, because sometimes people, they get, maybe they start a plan or they start working with a coach or something and they're, the coach, the plan, whatever, they think they have to run like 25 miles a week. And it's just not possible for them to like jump into that because they don't have like the background or whatever. And it just mentally drains them, physically drains them. Like the intention is good, but when you don't have like the progressive overload into that workload, it can overwhelm you. And then, you know, two, three months down the road, you give it up completely because you think like it has to be this all or nothing black or white, where in reality, it's just consistency. It's just showing up. There's really not like a secret behind it. Um, 
but yeah, consistency is huge. I think another thing, you know, you know, we're talking a lot about like forcing yourself to get out the door and all that sort of stuff. Um, there are some things like the group running, I think helps a lot. You know, you run with the team now that you're a coach. And I think that helps a lot with motivation because it's just like, you can run with them and you don't have to think about it. Sometimes people, they get in their own heads yeah. and I think group running is great for that because they can get the social, you can get the socialization and the run done all in once. And it, I, every time I run with people, I'm like, wow, that went by like way faster. And it's just like killing two birds with one stone. Um, I think group runs are great or like running with a person. Um, we also have a dog that likes to run. So, I mean, really, if you're lacking motivation, that's another option. You know, if you have a dog who wants to run or just go to the Humane Society and look at what dogs would be good runners and, and then go adopt a dog because those things, I mean, dogs love to run. I, my dog used to run 40 miles a week with me. Yep. Um, and it's a huge motivation because I'll be like, I don't want to run. And then I'm like, I think my dog does, though. And, like, I should run for my dog. And then just it becomes more of like an accountability thing and same with a training partner. I think that helps a lot. Um, so how would you like suggest someone like find a training partner or a running group? Yeah. I mean, depending on the area you live in, um, I'd first, you know, you can look online and search for local running organizations. Um, you can, you can check with your local shoe stores, your running shoe stores. I think that that's a good place to start. A lot of times there's racing teams or there's just uh, large organizations. So most metropolitan areas are gonna have plenty of those. Um, if you're kind of in a small, smaller rural community, it might be a little more difficult. You may have to look at like local fitness centers and see if they have any run groups there. Um, or join more virtual groups and you know just find people that you can connect with who are in a similar situation. You can text them and, um, or find someone maybe at your place of work or someone that enjoys running who lives near you and then you can meet up and do runs even if it's just once a week or once a month, you know, that's better than nothing. Right. Yeah. I feel like this podcast has kind of been all over the place, like tidbits of motivation and what to do and how to find group training. But the biggest takeaway here is that, you know, you're not always going to feel motivated and it's all about like dedicating yourself and making yourself and you're running a priority. Running's not just about running, right? It's about like your health and this is the way that a lot of us have chosen to stay healthy um and and that's so it's important to make it a priority um and finding it a way that it fits within your schedule you know maybe you're not in a good season of life where it makes sense to train for a marathon like maybe you don't have the time commitment that you want to train for one and and that can actually negatively impact your motivation because you're signed up for this race, but you just, it's it's not feasible with the schedule and the time constraints that you're under. So finding something that excites you and something that's going to drive your motivation and not dwindle it. Um, and just being honest with yourself about like, what is the time commitment that you have and how much of a priority can you make running in your life? And then working on ways to, you know, amplify that within your training. So I really appreciate everyone listening and hopefully this helped or was at least, you know, people can relate in some way and understand that everyone kind of struggles with motivation from time to time. And it's all about showing up for yourself and just consistently putting in the work. There's not a lot of secrets involved, but 
you know, now that you kind of know other people struggle with it, maybe it makes it a little bit easier for you to get out the door. So if you want more information about coaching, because I know sometimes working with a coach or having a training plan and having those workouts to look forward to can serve as a motivational purpose. Um, you can try us out for free, a seven day trial. If you go to www.runforprs.co, we can chat more and get you started on a free seven day trial. So thanks for tuning in and until next time.